Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. We're about to head to Korea, where apparently it is just as cold or colder than it is here. So they give us Olympic jackets, and I've been wearing mine. And I've got kids, and I go tobogganing and stuff. And there's a hole in one of the arms. So I'm at the store, and I'm like, something happened here. I got a hole. He's like, yeah, you didn't get that jacket from here. No, that's a hand-me-down. Well, what did you expect? They were going to give you a new jacket? Well, I thought maybe they have, like, hole-fixing technology. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He better be able to get Coors Light at the Molson Canadian Olympic House. I'm uh, filling my luggage with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah? That would be real heavy. <laughs> and a very much a risk of leakage. <laughs> I have that every day. Mm-hmm. I say we do uh, our podcasts from the spa. <laughs> Naked. Mm-hmm. Sports Center with Jay and Dan at the Olympics. Don't quote me on that. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Presented by our good friends at Coors Light. You're on the beer stand, Coors Light. Dots. What's Dots. Uh, what's dancing Korean? Oh, you know, we need to bring Mickey up here and ask her. Uh, Mickey is our driver here in Pyeongchang. Hey, it's the JNN Podcast. Dan, you want to do the intro? Hi, it's the JNN Podcast for the week of uh, December. No, not December. Yeah, we're not in December anymore. <laughs> This has been a sweet start. February 12th. Uh, uh, and it's brought to you by Coors Light. Our yeah, friends that's at right. Coors Light. Um, so, yeah, we're live from uh, the Olympics, and it's very strange here because we are a day ahead. So it, we're taping this on a Tuesday when it's actually Monday back in Canada. That's right. And whenever I look at my world clock, it really screws me up because it says it's currently yesterday in Toronto. That's right. It is yesterday in Toronto. We're in the future. We we know things that no one back in Toronto or Canada knows about. Like yet. what? We can't tell those things. Oh, okay. We can't give away the future. Uh, we are having such a good time here in uh, South Korea. Man, it's just been a whirlwind couple of days. First of all, we, uh, we're, we're doing the podcast from our set atop a building that used to be a school that has since been abandoned, and now we have one of the floors. There are five floors. We have one of the floors is our production mm-hmm. office. The other four floors are a Korean television station, and they are their employees are staying in the building in cots on the floor. Yep. And um, Dragon's Den, one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank, same thing. Uh, there's a coffee shop in the, the bottom of this building. If they gave the pitch for this coffee shop to, to Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, it would be rejected because there's no one coming to this building. No, nobody comes here except for the Koreans who are living here so, and us. So we went and ordered coffee today. We ordered three, and they were bewildered. They were. Uh, it, it took three of them... <laughs> Three of them to make the coffees, and then, as you pointed out, thank God you did, because everyone's worried about the norovirus over here. The guy made my coffee and then smothered his hands all over the coffee. He was trying to put the lid on the coffee. He oh, yeah. smothered his hands all over that, so I had to I, ask for a different lid. Yeah, the woman, she put the finger in the hole. I've been, I've been looking for a woman like that for a long time, Dan. And then, oh... A Korean TV, I am transfixed. Yeah, it is they so had great. A, they had a cartoon, so there was a young child. There was a, such a sweet young girl, I maybe four years old. Yeah, so she was hanging out. She was hanging out. I think she was the daughter of one of the owners of this coffee shop. She's watching this giant screen TV, and it's this terrifying uh, cartoon where this man, this desperate, desperate a man... A businessman in a, a suit. He's a businessman, and his wife is this hideous-looking woman, and she's yelling at him. And I'm like, this is kids' <laughs> cartoons in Korea? 
I guess they're preparing them for the inevitable harshness of life or something. So I wonder if that daughter's sitting there thinking like, Mom and Dad, why did you open this coffee shop? Yeah, this seems like a bad choice to have done this. And, and it's got seating for like 200 oh, people. Oh, you could, you could have weddings and bar mitzvahs there. You could have a wedding and a bar mitzvah at the same time if you wanted to. So if you're looking to book your wedding or, or bar mitzvah, uh, come over to Korea. We're yeah. overlooking the Olympic Park. I will say one thing, Dan. Remember in Sochi... The Olympic Park was so packed and crowded, and you in this one it's spacious. There's well, I tons think the problem is, and we discovered this too at Sochi. Um, people don't arrive until the weekend because uh, that's when the big crowds start coming. It's, yeah, we'll see. It's midweek, although it is winter break for the school. No one's in school right now. No one's in school. Uh, they're you know the the buildings aren't full. I would say it would be an uh, understatement. I'm sure if you've been watching the Olympics on TSN or CBC uh, or the SPAC. You've noticed that most of the buildings are not full, so they haven't sold all the tickets. So I say hop on a plane and come on over because it's a great time. The Koreans are super, super friendly. Yes, I like the uh, the, the culture in which um, after you you, uh, uh, you get a drink or you get a meal or you say hi to someone, you give a little bow. Right. I like that. Why did you start doing that back in Orno? <laughs> Orno, we bow. <laughs> Welcome hey. to Orno, we bow to you. <laughs> How about uh, Air Canada getting us here? Uh, we didn't have to stop once. They had a plane. Uh, there's a lot of gas in there. <laughs> I didn't think you could fit that much gas in a plane. You didn't think a plane could uh, go 15 hours without stopping in the ocean? But <laughs> a tanker? We need some petrol. Not going to make it to Seoul. Uh, but once again, disappointed. Uh, still haven't been on a double-decker plane. This was uh, a single-decker. This is the Dreamliner, though. This is a nice plane. Beautiful flight. Super smooth. Went by like that. Fastest overseas flight I've ever been on. And this is your first time in Asia, Dan. That's right. Uh, we had Craig, my friend. He was preparing us for this trip. And he said it was a, I think it was a three-pass-out flight. Yeah. That's about that's right. That's about right. And then uh, you, we get here. The airport might be cleaner than, like, a hospital. It's so clean. Yep. And then you get through it so fast, and then we took what was... We were told it was a bullet train. You nearly died on the train. It was not a bullet train. Moved very slow. A lot of stops. But it was it was hotter than a sauna on that train. Uh, yeah. And uh, bullet train... If it's a bullet train, then via rail, you've got a bullet train, too. Just we'll, start calling it a bullet train. We'll take, we'll take some bullet trains in Japan when we the go, go there. The GO train in Toronto, that's a bullet train, too. We're, we're going to, of course, be covering the Olympics for TSN for the next several Olympics. So we'll be in Tokyo in 2020. They've got real bullet trains. Yes, they do, Dan. They're amazing. We'll go to Beijing, China in 2022. I'll take my wife, who's Chinese. We'll go back. We'll visit some of her family. Uh, her family will look at me with a, a look of disappointment. She still has relatives there? Oh, yeah. Lots of family back there in China. So we'll go visit them. Uh, you'll come along. Uh, we'll say that you're our son. <laughs> we'll confuse them. Because you do look vaguely Asian now, you think. Uh, well, Mickey, our driver, she said... This is I, something. we got to explain Mickey here. Uh, Mickey said I had a small face, and I guess that's a compliment. She also said that you... Uh, seem desperate and lonely <laughs> we went out with her last night we took her out for dinner and you really wanted to go and i agreed with you you wanted to go to a restaurant that was crowded that had some people i in want it. the olympic flavor right uh mickey kept picking places that had nobody in them that's right she if the coffee shop uh was a restaurant she picked that yes that's right so um so she tried like 
She tried to pick a... Uh, oh, thanks very much, Aaron. Boy, we have a great crew over here. Aaron yeah. and Jay are with us here on the set. Uh, great guys. Both guys never come out with us, though. They're always, oh, we're tired. <laughs> oh, we're so sleepy. So, yes, if they, had, if they had come out last night, they would have experienced... Nothingness. Nothing. Yeah, because Mickey, Gee, our producer, said to Mickey, I don't like sushi. And she said, no problem. And then she walked right into a sushi restaurant. <laughs> and I said, I want, a, I want a busy restaurant. So she walked in a sushi restaurant with zero there people. There was no one there. They looked surprised that we walked in. <laughs> like, you guys want to sit down? Because we're open, but we didn't want to actually serve anyone. Yeah. And then we went to a... It's, it wasn't the dish that Craig said. It was a duck bagoey restaurant. It was like chicken and cheese. Chicken and cheese. Uh, on a, essentially Korean barbecue with all the fixins. Yeah. You're loving the kimchi. I'm loving the kimchi. It's all great. The food is great. Like, from a food perspective, Korea wins the gold medal. Russia doesn't even get a participation ribbon. No, Russia, you need to pick up your food game. Yeah, yeah, you need Gordon Ramsay to come in there. Oh, met some Russians it. today because uh, we were doing an uh, investigative piece on the norovirus. Um, they did not like the cut of our jib. Generally, I think the Russians can smell bullshit from a mile away, and they're not really interested in participating in it. Most other cultures are like, okay, I get it. These guys are being funny. We'll play along a little bit. The Russians are like, no. Yeah. Why? They Why said, am I doing that? They spoke perfect English. They said, yeah, we don't understand. Yeah. Uh, they're not interested. <laughs> but you just... Anyway. Then I said, hey, I was in your country for uh, Sochi. She said, he said, oh, uh, thank you. I said, beautiful country. He said, and somehow he knew we were from Canada. Maybe because... And he uh, said, we have a beautiful country as well. Do we have something, some Canadian marking on us? Mm, nothing. <laughs> Maybe it was our accents that gave us away. Eh? It might have been that. But you, we went out last night after this uh, meal... Then Mickey told us to go. So we've been drink, drinking a little bit of soju over here. Oh, so I haven't tried it yet. Is you it haven't good? had any? Is it good? Oh, I love it. It's like sake, but even maybe a little sweeter. Oh, um, right. Yes, we drank 30 bottles. We had a lot of it. and But Mickey said you should combine it with like a sake bomb, combine it with beer. So we were drinking it with beer last night. It was really nice. Yeah. So tonight, oh, Jay's shaking his head over there. He's skeptical. But we'll make him a believer tonight. We're going right. to take him out. Because it's Mickey's birthday today. And, and Daniel, our engineer's birthday to, as well. So my hope is by the end of the night, um, Jay has a lot of beer and soju. Uh, Jay, do you have them on headset downstairs? Can you call? Can we get Mickey to the yeah, set? Yeah, we'd like to get Mickey We'd up like to here. interview Mickey if that's possible. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the night, my goal is for um, Mickey, Daniel... And Dan here to be involved in a torrid love affair threesome. So, yes, by the way, we do have a, a Jay and a Dan. So if we die, they just take over. They'll take over for us, right? People won't even notice. No, no, it'll be the same kind of kind of. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've uh, remarked upon it. Uh, people have a tendency to feed me. Men feed my mouth. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be a drop. For decades after this on the podcast, men feed Dan's mouth. Feed so, my mouth, says Dan. So we went to a convenience store. We had to pick up water. Look and, at the uh, drone there. We had to pick up water and some goods. Um, and I asked the gentleman, what's this uh, tube thing here at the uh, the counter? He said, oh, it's sausage cheese. I said, oh, okay. So, and he proceeded to open it up. He said, here, try it. But I'm it's like, just cheese in the form of a sausage. Right. right. And he said, here. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. And then he 
proceeded to shove it in my mouth. Yeah, he shoved that sausage into your mouth hole. He took his sausage, shoved it into your mouth So I hole. said, okay, I get away with one bite. I tried it. He made me finish it. It was very weird because he was insistent after you had the one bite. You could have just walked away. But once he insisted on feeding that to you in your mouth hole, <laughs> you opened your mouth hole and you accepted his sausage. So never in my 42 years on this earth have I been fed by a man. Um, and then later that day, uh, this gentleman cooked his noodles and he handed me chopsticks. I said, oh, I'll try it. He said, no, no, no. And then he proceeded to feed me as well. So I think it's your small face. They, they see you as a, as a lonely, desperate, small-faced man. They want to feed you, nourish you, nourish your soul, if you will. And that's what's happening to you over here. I feel like you're fitting in so well. Is there a chance that you don't even come back to Canada? Do you stay here, uh, find a, a beautiful Korean woman, and just stick around? Ah, uh, no. I like where I live. Uh, I love Canada. Uh, we went to Canada House, and it was so nice being among Canadians and eating Putin. So Canada House at every single Olympics, uh, Team Canada puts this house in which they, they accept all athletes, uh, all the uh, team uh, members, all the family members. And now, for the first time ever, they're opening it to everyone. So if you're a Canadian at the Olympics, if you're an American, if you're uh, uh, from South Korea, you can go into Canada House this year, so it's very inclusive, which the, is great. The original purpose was for, for Olympians and their families to have a place to go when they weren't competing, to socialize, to watch other Olympians. They have TVs everywhere. And I love that they've opened it up, Dan, because it's such a party atmosphere. It's so fun. They've actually created stadium seating this time. And uh, it, it, it changes every time they do if it. If people read your book, Canada House was where our makeup artist in London died. Yes, the Canadian Embassy in Trafalgar Square was converted into Canada House for the London Games, and that's where Carol, uh, you being the enabler that you are, <laughs> bringing her glass after glass of cold white wine. Jay, you remember Carol, right? And I she, was just being a nice host. Yeah, and then... Because she was at Canada House. So I said, oh, i got to be a nice Canadian. And so. then she, she was teetering. She was guzzling. And that. then she, she fell flat on her face. I've never seen anything like it. Thank God we had medical professionals in the building. Mickey's here. Uh, Mickey's trying to find her way into oh, the Oh, hi, set. Mickey. Oh, come around here. Uh, I don't know how she's so, going to get so in So Mickey here. is our driver, as Dan mentioned, and she's very blunt. So we're going to get Mickey's take on Dan and me. Now, I don't want that because yes, I am... Yes, yes. No. Yes. It's time, it's time we really dissected it, Dan. Okay. Everyone, welcome Mickey. Mickey. Hi, Mickey. How are you? So, Mickey, come stand right in between us here. Um, there we go. Uh, how are you? Good. Your English is very good, by the way. Thank you. Okay, so your take on our crew so far. Um, do, you, do you like us? Do you want us to leave your country? What do you think? Uh, I like your guys, yes. Okay. Who do you like the most? Who do you like the least? Yeah, to, and be honest. Be honest? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Should I be honest? Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two guys, yeah. Okay. You like two guys? Yeah. yeah. The most, okay. Who? <laughs> but I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, secret. Okay. secret. Okay. Now, now, is one of them Jay? Because Jay's pointing at himself over there. <laughs> but he already married. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, we should be looking so at we're talking single about, crew we're, members. We're, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about guys you like personality. We're talking about guys you might be attracted to. Oh. Is that what you're saying? 
you're attracted to these two guys? Or you just like them as friends? You find them handsome? <laughs> yeah, handsome was so important. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Do you think in... Okay, who do you like the least? Uh, you. Really? <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. What is it? What is it about me Why that really uh, gets under your skin? Too crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it anything else? Yeah, no. What? So you said my face was small. How would you describe his appearance? Mm, good question. Oh, he looks like Mr. Bean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean, popular here? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I look like Mr. Bean. You dislike me the most out of the crew. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie. Now, who who do you are you going to tell us who you like the most? Uh, say again. Are you going to tell us who you like the most on the crew? Uh, but uh, I haven't married yet, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. Oh, okay, that's, that's fair. Keep yeah, that that's secret. fair. All right, we'll keep um, it a secret. Your your take on the Olympic experience uh, so far in your country? Uh, what do you uh, What do you like about it? What don't you like about the Olympics being here? Uh, it's I, I'm so proud of all of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your your country are amazing hosts. Yes. And everyone's so nice. Is everyone always this nice here? Yes, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of North Korea? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any North Korean. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, Strange question. If you wanted, could you go there on a trip? Yeah. Could you visit? Yeah, of course. I want to go there. Yeah. Okay. That's good. What led you... What did Dan do last night when we were out for dinner that led you to describe him as a lonely and desperate man? <laughs> yeah, what did I do? Uh, he's, he's very lonely. He needs a wife. Yeah. Right, right. He needs to he I, needs to get married again. I tried that once. Yeah, yeah. Didn't end so well. But what what is do you what made you think he is lonely? Is it something he said or did? Uh, because can I say that? Sure. He drinks. Can I say that really? We all were drinking. <laughs> he drinks at lunch time. Yeah. Yeah, he's a day drinker. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. Wow, Mickey, yeah. I thought we were buddies. Yeah. He, he okay. likes the soju too much. Yes, yes. Uh, what, 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 how, what did you call the drink that's soju and beer again? Uh, soju? Uh, 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 some. 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 We, we love that. Yeah. Soju and beer. Yeah. And the chicken and cheese dish that we had was duck. Duck galbi. Duck galbi. Isn't that what Craig said we should have? Duck galbi. I think so. Yeah. It's a delicacy. Yeah. Right? The podcast listeners are like, yes, they did. It was really tasty. Um, Mickey, before I know you're busy. Um, mm. Before you go, mm. can we sing you happy birthday, please? Oh. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mickey. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Could you thank you, Mickey? Could you give us a one line of a uh, happy birthday in uh, Korean? 생일 축하해. 생일 축하합니다. 
I like that. That's awesome. Mickey, we're going to have a lot of soju tonight. Uh, I'm not. Oh, really? No. Do you believe him? Water. Just water. (laughs) He needs a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, Mickey. Uh, oh, so, yeah, man. she's been our uh, our fixer. She's been our, uh, our translator. Driver. She's been our driver. She's just a She's a been great our person. friend. Yeah. She, she thinks I look if like she Mr. Wasn't, Bean. If she wasn't here, we'd all be in prison right now. Well, it's early. So let's not, you know, she, we're not out of the woods yet. So there was one bar we were walking by last night. The bar was called 10%. So we said, "Hey, let's go. Let's go check this one out." And we went in. She didn't know what it was, and it was a uh, a bar in which you pay to have a companion with you, and there's petting. Yeah, it's essentially a bar for desperate, lonely men. So I got to be honest, Toolsy, it seems like your spot. <laughs> it's a bar where you go into like a booth, and a woman will come sit down with you, and she'll just have a conversation with you, and then. Mickey said that what the lady told her was there's some light touching, some light, light petting, if you will. So you get a little bit of uh, maybe some rubbing down in the crotch area, and then a conversation maybe uh, about, you know, who knows, Faulkner, and then you have to get the hell out of there. That's your night. It seems like a horrible way to spend yeah, the evening. Yeah, we, we walked in. They wanted us to get out. Yeah, because the, the girls there couldn't speak English, so then they're kind of, all they're doing is light petting. And I just... <laughs> They should just call it light petting. You know, though, maybe that's a thing. You know, it doesn't have to be full-on grinding but lap dances. Why the Just name? light petting. Why 10%? Because that's as much action as you're getting. Just 10%. You're getting 10% of that. We aren't going 100. No. We're just going 10. You get 10. <laughs> we'll give you 10. Hey, um, at the end of this podcast, we're going to tack on an interview that we had with our good friend Mark McMorris. Oh, what a great guy. Uh, he stopped by our first show, which was live from Pyeongchang. Uh, this is a guy who was laid up in a hospital bed 11 months ago and then ends up on a podium here in South Korea. Yeah, he. Uh, everyone knows the story by now. If you get a chance to see, uh, give credit to the CBC and Mark's team. They did an amazing job with the Unbroken documentary. It's unbelievable the footage you see, Mark fly into the tree, you see uh, Craig, his brother, and his friends keeping him alert, alive, propping him up, essentially creating a nest around him because he was so badly injured. And then you go through the entire uh, process of rehab that he had to do in tents. 11 months. That's the time between the accident and when he stood on the podium today with his bronze medal. Amazing story. Such a and just the coolest, most easygoing guy. Yeah. We just love him. We uh, and only at a, the Olympics moment we were crossing the street today. We we're about to, and before a uh, police officer told us not to, um, going by in a cab, McMorris hanging out the window. Hey guys! Yeah, just hanging out, just doing his thing. What a guy! Yeah, he's a great dude. Hey, he he's like everyone else. He just takes cabs. Well, well I take Ubers. No, but people think like, oh, he's probably getting like uh, shuttle service around because he's an Olympic athlete. No. Well, we're not taking cab. Oh, we did take a cab last night. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was, uh, boy, I thought we were going to end up in Seoul. That guy was going <laughs> the wrong direction. We got him back on the rails. Barely. We are going to try to make it to Seoul if we can, so we'll tell you about those adventures on the next podcast. So we'll do one more from here next week. Uh, and then we'll do a recap one when we get back on the 26th because it'll be NHL Trade Center Day. 
That's right. And we'll be uh, part of that whole operation. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, what do you hope to uh, hope to accomplish for the rest of the week here? So I'm very excited. This is kind of a bit embarrassing, but because we've just been getting the show underway, we just did our first one. We're about to do our second. We haven't had a chance to go any, to any Olympic events yet. No. Um, so I would like to actually get to a few events. The, uh, the ice arena is right behind us here. Uh, the speed skating oval, the curling rink, it's close enough. So we'll hopefully get to a bunch of stuff. Mixed curling uh, final is uh, tonight. Um, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over. And hopefully Canada Johnny will be Mo golden. Will, yeah, hopefully John Morris, the Brad Pitt of Canadian curling, will uh, we'll have a gold medal around us. Now. Uh, we did go to the, uh, the Olympic Superstore because of the mascots. Uh, your daughter and my two daughters, they both wanted uh, items. So we, uh, we loaded up there. Yeah, we got the Tiger mascot and uh, it was busy there. It was very busy. A lot of people. It's just there's an overall feeling, and this is a no slight to the Russian people. It's just a happier, friendlier Olympics here than it was in Sochi. There was not, and, and it does seem strange considering we're bordering North Korea and we could die at any moment. But there was a more of a feeling of dread in Russia, I found. A cloud hanging over that. Well, that was probably due operation. to the fact that we were assigned bodyguards. Yeah, that's true. Now here, Mickey's our bodyguard. Here they just say, "Yeah, you're you're good." Well, it seems it's just so safe here. Like it's like that's Mickey. I asked her about that last night. And she's like, "No, nobody ever fears North Korea. It's like we're this one of the safest countries in the world." So, hopefully, those aren't famous last words. <laughs> fear North Korea or South? Uh, fear North Korea. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So they don't fear North Korea. So yeah, no, I think they're. I think it's an amazing place. And like, like Dan said, the people are so friendly. We're having a great time. We, they put us up in condos and uh, just beautiful, like nice and new. And we're totally relaxed. Having yeah, a good no time. keys. Everything is a uh, touch button. If you, th if you think Canada is technologically advanced, Korea makes it look like, I don't know, like something out of the 1940s. Because uh, da Daniel, whose birthday is today, was talking about the internet speed. They were getting here like three or four times what... He's getting back at TSN. Yeah, Daniel's the reason we're going to air. Is that right? Yeah. Daniel made yeah. it all happen. Yeah, he's Daniel's an engineer to the stars. Yeah, and he turns 29 tonight, and he's going to have sex with a woman for the first time. <laughs> sex with a beautiful Korean woman, elderly, hopefully, so she can just, teach him a thing or two. Just looking down at the Olympic grounds, there's two people down there. Yeah, there's did, no did, one there right now. Did anyone now. give them the memo that the Olympics are on? Guys, the Olympics are happening. You can come in. <laughs> come on in, guys. Come on in here. And then the norovirus is uh, spreading. 200 reported cases. Plenty of diarrhea. Jay here, I believe, might have gotten it the other day. Uh, violent, violent, bowl-splattering diarrhea. We heard it from the other room. He came out of the bathroom. We said, Jay, are you all right? He's like, it's fine. Did you guys hear anything? We said, no, no, no. Didn't hear a thing. Just wanted to make sure you were in there for 45 minutes. Oh, speaking of which, you know my rule. Uh, I only go number two at home or a hotel. Door to door, when I left uh, Canada and when we arrived in our condos here, it was 24 hours. Yeah, that was were, a long 24 hours. You were dying, hours. weren't you? What's wrong here? 20 minutes. Mikhail King Kingsbury's coming. Perfect. And we'll tape it. Uh, Guy, just, uh, our producer passed us a note. Guy, you need to work on your penmanship. Guy, you're like a doctor. Guy, can you come uh, over I here read, just really quickly? What I, was, I read was... Guy, how have you, would you describe uh, your experience working with Dan and I so far? Um, agitating. <laughs> what a dick. Frustrating. Guy. Babysitting. Whoa. 
Yeah. That was Dean, our camera guy. So, wait, Guy, uh, describe uh, Dan on the road in one sentence. Man, baby. And then describe me. Classic gentleman. Perfect. God, what a great guy, Guy. No, I never liked Best producer. Guy. One of the best producers we've ever had. Uh, you know why? Because I was mad at him because he didn't remind us to do this podcast. Yeah, we were, uh, we were on a tight schedule. So. And he's in charge of our schedule, and he didn't write anything down. And if you remember a few years ago, Guy was the guy on TSN. We did it on camera a bit after I won a Gemini Award, and Guy carried me onto the set. He's that guy. Like He's like a muscle man. Yeah, uh, he's that guy. He's jacked. Uh, he's not lonely and desperate at all. <laughs> he doesn't look like Mr. Bean. He wanted to go to 10%. He yeah, wanted Guy, to go back. I will say, we don't want to get him in trouble with his, with his wife. Uh, but Guy absolutely wanted to be light-petted by a Korean woman last night. 1,000%. I'm just telling the truth here. That's what we do on this podcast. Guy oh, wanted to go to 10%. Uh, okay, well, we got to do a show. Yeah, we have to run. It's Sorry been wonderful. Sorry for the, the quick podcast, but uh, we just wanted to give you a recap from South Korea. Tell you uh, we're doing great. Yeah, everything's fine over here. Uh, Dan is lonely and desperate now. But you wait. After a few trips to 10% bar, it's going to be a whole new toolsy back in Canada. I want to... Can we find 100%? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and enjoy this interview with our good friend and uh, two-time Olympic bronze medalist, Mark McMorris. And here he is, hanging out with us, Mark McMorris. Second straight bronze medal. So you got, you got it. You got it. You can got we, it right there. Can we there. check the weight of that? Let's check the weight. Oh, boy. That's He's a couple dirty. pounds. Do you like that one? Because the, the one you got in Russia was juiced, for sure. It had to. <laughs> no, yeah, this is a clean metal. That's yeah, as Very... clean as it gets. That's uh, as clean as it story, gets. story, though, it's uh, sweeping Canada, sweeping the Olympics, considering that less than a year ago, you were literally fighting for your life. I was. I feel feel very honored to be on this earth still and to be snowboarding and not only snowboarding, just snowboarding at an Olympic level and grabbing a medal and a super progressive sport. Let's go over the injuries you had. You fractured your jaw, fractured a rib, fractured your left arm, fractured your pelvis. You had a collapsed left lung and you ruptured your spleen. Yeah. You, you look good there, though. You look good there. Yeah, that yeah. was one of my lower points, yeah. um, if you will. But, yeah, I, I went through the ringer there. Um, but here I am, standing, feeling good. Got to give it up to the team that made me go to the gym every day and rehab. That's it was amazing. not fun. It was amazing to watch you in the Unbroken documentary. Uh, like you said, the team that helped you get back into it. And you could see your spirits rise over the course of your rehab, right? At first you were so down. Uh, they were so good with you, and you were so committed to it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was uh, the first few months were hard because as an active person, when you can't really do much, it's pretty tough to be a very happy person, you right. know. And um, I had a lot of broken bones, like you said, so I wasn't very comfortable ever. But yeah, as as uh, I physically healed, I mentally healed, and here we are, just frothing. So if that happened to anyone else, <laughs> most people would say, okay, well, my goal is just to get out of this bed. I'm not going to even try snowboarding anymore. At any point, did you say, okay, I'm done with it? There was a few times where it crossed my mind, but I never was like, hey, I'm done, because I don't have anything that brings the sort of joy that snowboarding does to my life. It's just um, doing well or even just being out there with my friends, that's the, that's like the ultimate feeling, and, and I just can't live without it. And if I was given the opportunity to become healthy and good again, you got to go for it. 
and you really went for it because you had a chance to maybe play it a bit safe on your final run, and you actually talked to your coaches. This is my favorite thing about your coaches. They want to go for it as much as you do. You you refused to play it safe on the final run. Yeah, you know, I had I had uh, an option to go for it or play it a little bit safer, but I knew there was two dudes that could easily bump onto the podium um, if, if I played it safe and knocked me down. So I was, I don't know, it was a no-brainer for us. We always go all in. Um, and it's judge sport. You never know. Like if I would have done that run I did on my second run on my last run, they might have just been that much more hyped. And you just you got to move on. Forget about yeah. it. I'm stoked. I stood on a podium again, and um, it's all smiles. So yeah. you said that you're so stoked that you were back on the podium, considering what went on. So in terms of things that you've won in your career, where does this rank? It's definitely right up there at the top, if not. The, the best thing I've ever done in my snowboard career just because of everything that's gone on and um, just the pressure that's here and I guess people are more happy to just see me here but I, the pressure I put on myself I feel really good so I expect myself to do as well as I can and when you do do well, it feels really good. Yeah. Um, you did well here. You did well in Sochi, too. I don't know if we can bring up the picture the last time that we saw you at the Olympics. Um, Dan and I were at least 25 pounds heavier each. Yeah. Uh, you Literally look 25 pounds heavier. And you also... Why is that? And here it is. Uh, and and, and I understand that you have this T-shirt uh, in your house in, in California. Is that right, Mark? It does. It does live there. <laughs> it's in my dresser drawer. Wow. We look young and great. I know. Yeah. We had our whole lives ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really Innocent. been eating at the time. You're coming off. You're coming off a broken rib at the time. Oh, oh there goes the paper. You're coming okay. off a broken rib, but you probably thought, well, it's never going to get worse than that broken rib. It's going to be fine after that. And it got a whole <laughs> lot worse. Yeah. So, I haven't really got to snowboard that much in the last two years, and that's right. also. Um, which I'm really happy about being able to stay on the curve of progression. It's so in, it's so insane in snowboarding. You know, like you look at some of those sports and it's the exact same tricks they were doing at the last Olympics. It's right. not like that in snowboarding. And other and other snowboarders. You know, you said it. It's almost like the frustrating thing for you is you're injured and you're seeing other snowboards sto snowboarders starting to do the tricks that you were doing and starting to catch up to you. Yeah, I. I I went down with the femur while I felt like I was pretty ahead of the curve, and then um, I was down for six months, and people started to learn, and then I got slammed again, and it was just really hard to uh, go into a contest knowing if you land your best stuff, it's not for sure enough, but... Um, like I said, it's just nice to be out here. Well, listen, last time we saw you, we played a game called Snowboard Term, Not a Snowboard Term with Dan. And I was hoping that you would be the judge in this game again for me, Mark. Very much uh, so. Here it is again. Snowboard Term, <laughs> Not a Snowboard Term. Here is the first term for Dan. Switch backside 1260 roast beef. Oh, that's easily a snowboard term. Correct. Thank that you. is correct. That is a real snowboard term. Dan, you've started off very well. I'm very impressed. Well, you've learned a lot one. since Sochi. <laughs> A 1080 tailspin tube out. Yeah, definitely. 100%. No. Nope. Thank you. Wrong, wrong, oh. wrong, wrong. Dan wrong. is incorrect on that one. That is a fake is. one. We <laughs> faked Dan out there. How about a backside rodeo nose grab? No chance. Very much so a snowboard trick. Oh. That's a snowboard trick. That was Go real. Dan is uh, one for three now. Uh, how about this fourth one? Front side 1080 chicken salad. Oh, I love the chicken salad. Yes. Good job, buddy. Yes, Bones that's real. real that's term. a real one. Okay, so he's two. He's got two. He lost two. So we've got the tiebreaker here on number five. Front side steak grinder. 
No, see, we already had like a roast beef one, and we had a chicken salad. That's too many food terms. I'm saying no. Very good choice. Dan, you won. You won the game. You did it. And finally. uh, Get him a medal. Yeah, we we could get him a medal. (laughs) Finally, very quickly, um, our driver, Mickey, is here to ask uh, Mark a very blunt question. Uh, Very quick. Here it it is. Here's Mickey. Come on in here. Mickey, what's your question for Mark? Do you have a girlfriend? Um, I do at the moment. Okay. Oh. Bye, Mickey. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. And that's been a very blunt question from our driver, Mickey. Thank you. Mark I like McMorris. You, I like how you apologize for <laughs> That's very Canadian sorry, of you. Sorry. Yeah, just, <laughs> sorry. We're sorry for everything. Uh, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Uh, the country's so proud of you. Thanks so much. The Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.